We're going to come to the Word this morning, you guys. We, uh, we're in the Summer of Scriptures um, uh, series, eight verses that may change your life. And really the whole idea here is that we'll get into, the, we'll read together, we'll read the Scriptures together, and, and the pastor will preach on one that, that uh, became sort of their memory verse or something that they were hoping would change their life this week. And uh, the idea is just to get us all in the Word of God together. Um, and I promised you that I would be obnoxiously consistent that this summer while I'm preaching through this series, I'm going to turn the lights on and have us all be in the Word together. And uh, so these fluorescent lights are going to be turned on in five, four, three, two, one, go. Oh, there they are. Isn't that great? Good morning. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Um, so pull a Bible out, would you, in front of you? I'd love to have everybody have a Bible in front of them. If you're in the front row, you can, people behind you can help you by getting you one, or you can turn to your own uh, Bible if you brought one, or electronic Bible if you're a sinner. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, on my last vacation, I was gone, or our Israel study trip, I didn't even bring a hard Bible. Well, maybe I did, but I think it was buried in my suitcase. Like, I used an electronic Bible the whole time. Like, I fully went over to the uh, technological side. Um, so everybody has a Bible. This is so fun that what we're doing, I hope you're reading along with us in the scriptures. I hope you are in this summer in the scriptures. It's our fourth summer of having a reading plan where we do it together. And so we're reading through the New Testament and uh, we, uh, we did like, we're deep in the epistles this week. And the epistles are the letters. And so some of you maybe are like, wow, I, this is the first time I've read through the New Testament. So I'm learning all kinds of stuff about it. Like, um, here's the funny thing too right now. Some of you that are opening up your Bibles, um, are now checking and realizing you got text messages and email, and I can see it on your faces. Um, you may have not had the experience of reading through the New Testament before, so now you're learning. Some of you are learning, like, well, this is pretty cool. Like, I see what we got here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that's the beginning. Uh, although we're jumping around a little bit because they're all for the stories of Jesus's life. We're jumping around a little bit with those, but right now, man, we're deep in the epistles. The 29 uh, chapters that we read this week, 29 chapters, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Man, we were way into the Eons this time. And those are the letters that Paul was writing to these real churches in first century AD of these small groups of Christians trying to figure out how to live in a non-Christian world. This is small groups of Christians trying to figure out how to genuinely follow Jesus in a world that largely is not in support of that and doesn't quite get it. This is Paul writing to churches, little churches trying to be truthful and live in the truth that God really is God and that Jesus really is the meaning of life around people who largely don't get that. Does anybody resonate with that? And so this is why we're, it's so fun to be right in the middle of it. By the way, who, who read all 29 chapters this week? Just a little spiritual bragging. Anybody? Yep. Okay. Good job, everybody. <laughs> Not one hand went up. All right. If you read every chapter of this next week, and you are the first five people to come find me next Sunday morning, I have a gift for you. You got it? Five people who read every chapter of our reading start of next week, okay? And if you need to know what those readings are, there's a little brochure in front of you. Who's in? Who thinks they're going to do that? Who thinks they're going to do that? Students, anybody over there think they're going to read all? Okay. Sonia, thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank all right. Linda. All right. Good. A little, little guilt though. A little like, all right, I will. This is just our blatant attempt transparently to just say to you, let's get in the word, let's get in the word, let's get in the word, and uh, it may change our lives. That's the plan. Okay, so uh, where was I? Oh, so we're way deep into the eons. We're way deep into the 
epistles, the letters, that's what that means. Paul writing to these churches. We still resonate with this because this is, these places were, they were influenced by Greek thought and then by Roman rule and Roman thought, and they didn't have this. There were some Jewish people that he wrote to. He would go and talk in the synagogue when he visited these towns. But largely, those guys had lost a lot of the foundations of their faith. So we're talking about people without any kind of a Judeo-Christian background, without any societal sort of, this is how we all live. And I mean, he was, he was preaching stuff and writing stuff that people could barely get their heads around. Like, it was really hard for people to understand this. And a lot of the culture was even antithetical to submitting themselves to the Lord or submitting their desires to the lordship of God. And so, man, this was a crazy thing he did. When we were in, uh, in Greece and our trip to Israel, then we stopped in Greece afterward and did a couple sites there. We went to Corinth and uh, Corinth was one of those exactly, there was that kind of experience. Here's a picture of Art and Ben and I in Corinth. And this is the temple to Apollo in the back. And Corinth is a perfect example. Uh, we're gonna study in Ephesians today, but Corinth was so great because Corinth was this place where they couldn't get the concept of what Paul was writing about. So he had to write them all kinds of crazy stuff about the sexual morality they were involved with and all the things that were happening in their church. And there's a story in there in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. If you read it last week, you're like, what is in my Bible? And that's the story about a guy who in their church, Paul's like, there's a guy in your church who's sleeping with his father's wife, like with his stepmom. And you're celebrating it because you're like, look how how uh, we celebrate the body and look how we celebrate freedom. We celebrate sexual expression. Paul's like, you, what are, let me tell you about how to live. So that's why Ben's hashtag there, hands off your stepmom. There were a lot of, a lot of people wondering what is the matter with Ben? We go halfway around the world and that's Ben's take on the whole deal. They, they couldn't get their heads around what Paul was trying to talk about. And so this is why I'm, I so resonate with the epistles, because it's people trying to, and in, in, in in, we're, not, we're not trained to think this way. The people around us are not thinking this way, but how do we live out the truth? And so this is why I resonate with the passage in Ephesians that I picked today. Here's the verse that may change my life. These three, I picked three verses, Ephesians chapter five. I'd love to have you turn to it. Ephesians chapter five, because I'm going to pull it off the screen in a minute. And we're going to look in the, broadly in the scriptures. I want you to have your Bible open in front of you. We'd love to have everybody have a Bible in front of you. If you're like, I've never even looked in the Bible. Like I couldn't find Ephesians in my life depended on it. Give me a page number. Somebody give me a page number. 1081 in the Bibles that are underneath the pews in front of you. 1081. It's so fun. I literally can remember it. There's like right here. You guys know I love God's word, but right here, there's this little flutter that happens right in here because I remember the first time like looking up pages numbers and being in it going, this might be God. This might change my life. I remember that feeling. It's so exciting. So if some of you are new to God's word, I love it. It's so great. All right. Where were we? Ephesians 5. These are my verses that might change my life. Okay. I'll put it up there for me so that we can, because we need Ben's off of there. There we go. Um, see if I can do it by heart. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Does it say therefore or no? It does? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. 
Is that a great passage? This is stuck right in the middle of this giant teaching. Look in your Bible. Take it off the screen so that people are looking in their words. I want everybody in the Bible. Look in the Bible. Look in the Bible. Look at this section. If you have the NIV, even in your electronic Bible, if you scroll back or turn back to um, Ephesians chapter 4, the chapter right before. I lost my place. Okay, here it is. And you look at like verse 17. Just at verse 17, there's like a, 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 a section that the editors have put, Right? These little, these little sections and a break. Do you see, what does yours say? Right above chapter, uh, verse 17 of chapter four, what's it say? Instructions for Christian living. Now that's not in the Bible, but that's what the editor put in there to kind of give you, because your attention span's too short to like go all the way through. And so it gives you little stops and helps you out a little bit. But if you look at that and it goes all the way to after uh, chapter five, verse 20, see that whole section? Oh my gosh, you guys, this is money. If you got in here and you read from 17, verse, chapter 4, verse 17 to chapter 5, verse 20, you will get your proverbial tail kicked by the word of God. It is instructions <laughs> for Christian living. And you'll go, wow, there is a word for me. And as I read this, I thought this one nailed every one of my struggles. You go through this deal, there's stuff about anger, there's stuff about greed, there's stuff about impurity, there's stuff about sexual morality, there's stuff about indulging in too much wine, there's stuff about living selfishly, there's stuff about hiding in the dark instead of the light, there's all kinds of stuff there. And you're going to read through this, and I guarantee it, you will find stuff that you're like, ooh, that is a challenge for me. And so there's a couple of summaries in the middle of this long section that I just pointed out to you that kind of punctuate it and say what's going on here, and this is one of them. And so look back with me again at these three verses uh, that kind of punctuate it. And I want to parse it a little bit and see what we can take away from today from Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Look at the very first phrase of Ephesians 5. It says, be, 5.15, sorry, 5.15. Be very careful then how you live. Does it say that in yours? Say that with me. Be very careful then how you live. That's all I want to look at right now, this first point. Be very careful then how you live. This is the first part of this little punctuated summary of the deal. Be very careful then how you live. Now, does anybody have a different translation that they can share with us? It didn't say be very careful then how you live. Yeah, Peter, what's it say? Well, that's awesome, but that's a different verse. So that's why it's a different translation. It's a different verse. What about 15? 15. That's right. That's chapter four. You are, I, I am taking this as my own, Peter, responsibility that I'm not being clear. So don't, do not feel embarrassed. 515. Let's hear that. That is it. Money. Go back to the first phrase. It's all right, bro. You get three strikes before you're out, for sure. Be, therefore, be careful as you walk. You hear the word walk in there? Does anybody else have that in their Bibles? Peter, that was worth the wait. That was awesome. Thank you. Be careful how you walk, it says. I want to tell you something about this. You know, usually when you read in your New Testament, um, you know, this was originally written in Koine Greek. Greek. 
a type of Greek called Koine Greek. It was the type of Greek that was spoken in the, in the world at, around the first century when this was written. What you need to know about Koine Greek is that it was actually a very simple language. So usually when we get our English translation, we're like, they, they know what it means and your English is pretty good. So you don't need a PhD or you don't need to go to seminary to learn Greek to read your Bible. Read it in the English. You're going to get the meaning out of it. Every once in a while, there's a way in which the, the Greek word, it just really can can kind of be enriched if you learn a little bit more about the Greek word. And this is one of the texts. So this is why you pay me the big bucks. So I'm going to give it to you right now. Well, actually, you wouldn't pay Peter anything and he gave it to us. That word live, be very careful then how you live. You see that in your verse 15. It can be translated walk. In fact, it should be translated walk. It's literally walk. I'm going to teach you the Greek word. It's called peripateo. Say that. Peripateo. Say it one more time, peripateo. Be very careful then how you peripateo. Say that whole thing with me. Be very careful then how you peripateo. Peripateo is the word for walk. Like it means walk. Like it's just not, it just means walk. Like I'm, I'm peripateoing. Like that's what it means. And so this verse says, be careful how you're going about it, how you're walking. Be very careful how you walk. In fact, it actually means, and Peter, what is the first, first uh, phrase again? Watch. In 515. <laughs> Be very careful how you walk. It actually means, and this is the way I phrase it, this is a very literal translation uh, of it. Watch carefully how you walk. See to it. Watch how you're stepping. Watch where your footsteps fall. Watch how you walk. Be attentive to how you're walking this journey. And it's in the context of this whole giant teaching to all these people that are trying to figure out what it means to follow Christ, just like we are. And he goes, watch very carefully how it is that you're walking this journey. In fact, I want, to, I want you to see that, that this walking is a metaphor that he's using. And he's, this is the fifth time he's used the Greek word peripateo in the text. What's the Greek word again? Peripateo. Look, at, look with me. You got your Bible open? Look at me at chapter 4, Peter, chapter 4, verse 1. 4 1, everybody got it? As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to peripateo a life worthy, to walk in a life worthy of the calling you have received. As a prisoner for the Lord, I'm going to urge you, I want you to walk worthy. It matters how you walk. Be very careful how you walk. You have to walk worthy. You have to peripateo in a way that honors the calling that you've received. It's a very serious thing. You see the point that he's making here? This first point? Be very careful. It matters how you walk. It matters how you live this thing out. So be careful about living it out appropriately. Live it out. It's you have to live it in a manner worthy of this calling that you've received. He goes on, uh, look at verse 17 of chapter 4. 4, 17. What verse, Peter? 4:17. Thank you. I, I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer, what? Peripateo. Thank you for being on board. You must no longer peripateo as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. There was a way to peripateo, which is which was the wrong way to peripateo. He goes, listen, I'm going to insist on this. It matters. Be very careful how you peripateo. Be very careful how you're on this journey. In this verse, he says, because 
you got to be careful to parapeteo in a way that's not like the other people. These Gentiles, these were Gentiles who were raised without any knowledge of God, without any knowledge of this Christian God's history. And he says, they're in the darkness. They lack understanding. They're ignorant of this truth. They haven't been told the story. You see that in the, in the, in the verses that come after. You must no longer parapeteo as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And then, in fact, they've given themselves to the hardening of hearts. You read this, this story. It's like they've lost all sensitivity. They've given themselves over to sensuality so as indulge in every kind of impurity, and they're full of greed. He goes, that, however, is not the way you're supposed to live. Be very careful how you, what? Peripateo. You've got to be careful. It matters how we live this thing. Uh, five, verse, chapter 5, verse 1. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and peripateo in the way of love, just as Christ did. You got to walk and live and love the way Jesus did. And then look at 5, um, 8. For you were once darkness and now you are light in the Lord, peripateo as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. You, you guys, it matters how you walk it out. Be very careful then how you live. Here's why I'm telling you this. Because there are plenty of Christians in our world who identify themselves with the church of Jesus, identify themselves with Christianity, have even maybe at some point considered themselves Christ followers, but they're not being careful at all about living it out in a way that is truthful and submissive to this, the lordship of Christ and the story that, is, we've, been, that has in, we've been informed about from the word of God. They've got no interest in that. And we see in here in the rhetoric that goes on about stuff that happened like this weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia, we see, you know, the church, certain people talking about what the Christian thing to do is or what, well, I'm a Christian and, and they have, they're not careful walking it out, a life, a peripateo worthy of the calling, walking, peripateoing in the way of love and no longer peripateoing in the futility of thinking. They, it matters, friends. Are you careful how you walk? Are you strategic? Are you insightful about how you walk? That's what this text is trying to get to for us. Why would he use the metaphor walk when he means live? Tell me. Some, give me some ideas of why you think he would use the metaphor walk, peripateo. Not, not, it's not a metaphor, it's, a, it's the verb. He said walk. We put live because the English translators are like, they won't know what that means. But let's go back to walk. Yeah, Linda. Because you walk through life. Walk through life. It's a journey. You're go it's, it's a process. It's a journey. You're going somewhere. Yeah, what else? Why else would you use walk? I saw a hand back here. Uh, yeah, Judson. Life is a verb. It's something we do. It's something we're living out. It's not just a head thing, right? It's not just to believe this stuff. It's a, we're going to walk this thing out. You've got to be very careful how you live it out. Plenty of people with the stuff in their head not being careful about whether they're living or not living. Yeah? 
Yeah, there's a direction, there's a way to go, we're aiming somewhere, so be very careful. Are we going where we're trying to be going? We're going a direction. Is that what you mean? Oh, I get totally excited about that. It's the old Cheshire Cat illustration from Alice in Wonderland, right? She comes to a fork in the road, she's lost, she doesn't know where to go, the Cheshire Cat appears, she, she says, which way should I go? He goes, that depends. Remember what his question was? Where are you going? Where's your direction? And she goes, I don't know. And his answer? Then it doesn't matter. But if we're going a direction, be very careful how you peripateo that direction. Yeah, there's an answer, uh, Tim. And that's what the other people, that's what the world sees. That's what people see. Tim said, that's what people see. How you walk it out is what people see. So if the church, according to Ben's prayer, is the hope of the world, then we got to be careful how we walk that out so that people who are desperate for hope can see it. Yeah, Tim, I mean... Uh, Thank you. You said walking is under your own volition. It's under your own energy. You're making a choice about whether you're going to walk or whether you're going to go somewhere or not. Exactly. Be very careful then how you live. And how did I put it? Watch carefully how you walk. Watch your steps. Watch where you're going to plant your feet. I'm notorious for spraining my ankle because I love to run on trails, but I'm a spaz. And so I just run out there and I step on a rock that's all jacked. Have you ever hiked with somebody who grew up in the city? Do you know what I'm saying? I used to take kids backpacking when I was in youth ministry. And man, that is dangerous because it's like video game. Then right out in the wilderness, man, you should not let your kids go out there. But I could tell if you hike with somebody who is not that good at it, you can see where they're, you can watch them take a step and you think, that is a terrible choice. Are you literally going to come down those granite stairs from the mountaintop and step there? Because I can tell by looking at the rock. Be very careful how you peripateo. Because as you step on that rock, it's going to pivot because it's not solid and you're going to break your ankle. I'm going to have to carry your teenage body down the mountain and your parents are going to sue us. That's how that turns out. <laughs> Be very careful how you walk. Are you careful, church? It matters. The steps you take, the choices you make. Now let's go on, because he expands it. Second half of verse 15. Look at verse 15 again. Be very careful then how you live. What's the next phrase? Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Did I get it right? Yeah. Two questions. One, define walking wisely in this context. Or unwisely if you choose to, I guess. Okay, following Jesus. Now, why would... That sounds like a super good answer. That's super spiritual. I'm going to give you points for that. Why is that wise? What's that? Okay, because it's his will. So there's something about his lordship in that whole piece. So walking wisely is about the fact that there's the Lord Jesus involved in this picture, right? How else would you define wisely, walking wisely? Yeah. Jesus is the way we walk. Is that what you said? Yeah. In fact, Jesus said, John 14, I'm the way and the truth and the life. Yeah. Good. I'm going to have to explain myself? Okay, that's the wisdom part. 
when you walk according to the way Jesus walks, you don't have to explain yourself. It stands for what it is, like defending a lion. Is that the point you're making, Alex? Yeah, good, good point. Yep, Peter. The feet do the talking for you. But why else would it be wise? Yeah. It protects you from injury. Okay, it protects you from injury. That is a great point. Anybody make, made, a, made the wrong decision in life and you recognize two, three, four steps down the line, either you've gotten yourself injured or you've gotten yourself desperately lost and now it's incredibly costly. I was talking to somebody after first gathering. He's like, I love how you didn't point the finger at us about you dummies, you make bad decisions. He goes, because here's the truth. The Holy Spirit's so good that when we make those bad decisions, that stuff starts to happen. You're like, okay, I'm going to learn from that. I'm never doing that again. And the Holy Spirit nudges you and goes, that was a bad call. Not wise. So we don't need anybody going, not wise, man. Because the Holy Spirit comes along and does that, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay, the King James, by understanding his will, you're not going to be unwise. So there's this wisdom piece in here. So, it, so be very careful, act wisely. I, I think I phrase it, let me see how I phrase it, this wise part. Make the use, best use of every step. Make a wise choice, because he goes on to say, right, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. There is a wisdom applied piece here. There's a truth applied, right? There's a, there's a make a good decision based on all the stuff we just talked about. The reality, the truth of Jesus Christ as our Lord, that God is our creator and made us and knows how we are to live, that he's revealed his truth to us in the word. All of this stuff, he says, so in light of all that, make choices. Be very careful how you live. Be wise about it. Apply the truth that we know to all of those circumstances. Make the best use of every step. That's what it means to, um, to, what's it say in your version? Making the most of every opportunity. It really means taking advantage of the time. Doing the right thing at every step. Strategic, intentional, um, based on what's true. Those are all things that I put in my notes. So. Be very careful how you live. Do it wisely. Live out this truth. Do it based on what we know to be true. That's my first question was, what's wisely? Second question, what does this have to do with the days being evil? Do you see it in the text? Look back at verse 16. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. What does walking wisely have to do with the days being evil? Somebody help me. Okay, hang on, I'll come back. Yep, Rihanna? Okay, these are desperate times, is Eugene Peterson's translation in the message, because these are desperate times. But you gotta be really careful out there. There is plenty of opportunity for being tripped up. Yep, good, Rihanna? Same concept, there's a lot of choices to make every day. There's a lot of choices to be made every day. So the stakes are pretty high, there's a lot of options. And why is that evil, though? The, the days are evil? Are you saying that some of those choices are evil? Yeah, they get presented to us. They get presented to us, and they, listen, in a vacuum, you will not, by this world, by these days, be encouraged to be faithful to Jesus and live according to his truth. Hashtag, hands off your stepmom. Just the way that everybody else is going to live is not particularly helpful if it doesn't come under the revealed wisdom of God. And so the days are evil. 
And so you're not going to be helped in making good decisions. Good. What else? What else? What, what, was I, what does it have to do with the days being evil? Yes? You can't always see what's coming. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, things just come at you. Yeah, things happen. We're in a broken world. These days are evil. Brokenness and sin has permeated every part of our culture. Stuff happens, uh, and stuff's going to come at you. Good. Any other thoughts on what this has to do with the days being evil? Look at, yeah. Yep, what happened last weekend isn't clear, obvious. If we're not careful about how we live it out, we could be wrapped up in either side of crazy, evil, yeah. yeah sorry, hand over here. Do you hear that? It sets us apart from the rest of the world. Walking wisely, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil, meaning because that's going to set you apart because that's what everybody's going to then see. Everybody's going to see that the church is the hope, that the church is walking this out in ways that is transforming of society, transforming of individuals, hopeful, etc. Yeah, yeah. So be very careful. It matters how we live. Be very careful how you peripateo. Don't live unwisely. Don't walk unwisely. Walk according to the truth because the days are evil, the scripture says. So I just, the question for me, you guys, on that point, making the best use of every step, are you that careful? Are you living wisely? Are you applying truth? That's living wisely. Are you applying truth? In a world of untruth and confusion and ignorance, I don't mean stupidity, and a world of some stupidity, but ignorance, are you applying truth to every step of the peripateo? I mean, that means that we become people who intentionally are looking at every hour of every day, of every season of our lives, and every dollar, and every relationship, and every job, and, and we apply truth to our walk. Does that, does that describe you? I'm going to say something that, because I know, I know you know I love you. This could sound harsh if, if you didn't know I love you. Church, you should be all in or all out. Not applying wisdom, not being careful how you live is not helpful. To you, to who we're trying to bring hope to, to our reputation in the world, be very careful how you live. Now, if you're like, I think I'm all in, but I'm on the journey, that's, no, for sure, that's not what I'm talking about. You know our arms are wide open to those of us that are coming going, I know about 1% of what everybody around me seems to know. Yes, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Welcome, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. But as you begin to understand what this journey of following Christ is about, make the most of every opportunity every step under the wisdom of God, informed by the Lordship of Jesus.
That's the only way your life will be transformed. That's the only way you'll experience the reality of an unseen God and you'll see him. That's the only way the world will know that there's hope in their longing for hope. As if every step of the way, every step of our journey, we're careful, living wisely, applying truth. Wow, it's really quiet in here right now. All right, thanks. The last, verse, look at verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but what? What's the last phrase? But understand what the Lord's will is. This is how I phrased it. Make sure you grasp what God wants. That's what this text is saying. This text is a a contrasting sentence. Each half helps you understand the other half. So based on this verse, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. What's the definition of being foolish? According to this verse. Not understanding what God's will is. Yeah, that's foolishness. And foolish is actually a stronger word than the unwise word that he used two verses before. Don't live as unwise, but as wise. Here he's like, and don't be a fool. Don't be, it's just plain stupid. It's folly. It's ridiculous to not understand what God's will is. And so be very careful how you peripateo because the goal of this, this is the summary of the passage. Be very careful how you peripateo because the goal is to know what he wants. Let's figure out what he wants. Let's figure out what God wants from us. What God wants in this step, in this day, in this relationship, in in my the whole epic narrative of the world, let's figure out what God wants. And it's foolish not to live that way. The word here, understand, uh, really means seek to understand, seek to get your head around it, lean into the truth so that you can grasp it, which is why I use the word grasp here. This is what that Greek word understand means. It doesn't mean passive like, okay, I, okay, I get it, two plus two is four. It's like, understand this, get your head around this truth. And so the call and the challenge to us to this idea of be very careful, it matters how you peripateo, be very careful how you walk. He says, so get your head around figuring out what Jesus wants. Guys, how do we understand what Jesus wants from us? Give me some ideas. Yep, Diane. Okay. Make sure we, how do we, is it that we can grasp what the Lord wants? Diane says, it's his word. It's how we understand him. It's the revealed truth of who he is and what his story is and what he's about. It is definitely one of the biggies. And so as a matter of fact, if you'd like some homework this week, if we're like wrestling with this, be very careful. Am I careful? Am I careful? Am I walking wisely? Applying truth to every step of the journey. How am I going to figure out what the Lord wants? Here's the homework. Start in chapter 4, verse 17, and read through 520, and just ask the Lord in all that, like, talk to me about my life, and the Word will inform you. It's good, Diane. What else? How else do we understand? 
what God wants. I saw another hand over here and I cut them off. Yeah, Carol. We spend time with him. We peripateo with him. See, that's a missing thing. I've got a whole list on the back of my, of my notes of a whole bunch of favorite verses where peripateo is used. And in so many of them, that's all used about walking with him. You see, our journey, being very careful how we walk, is to be very careful to be in his word, as Diane said, and then to walk alongside him by his Holy Spirit within us so that we can learn how it is that we follow the footsteps of Jesus. My favorite one, John 8, 12, for Jesus spoke again to the people. He said, for I'm the light of the world, and anyone who follows me will never peripateo in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's how we figure out what he wants. We walk with him. We ask him. That's what that means. We try to listen to him, and we engage with it in his word, and we follow his way. I think about running on the trails, just running with my wife on my day off. She's been in Tahoe with some friends, and I went up there for a day. We ran on this trail, and I realized she is such a gazelle. She's so graceful and so beautiful, and I'm so clumsy and out of control. And here's what I figured. I learned that if I was running behind her on a mountain trail, if I focused on where her feet fell, and I literally placed my feet in her footsteps, then every step was exactly secure and where I needed to go without danger. We are people who parapateo in the footsteps of Jesus, leaning into him through his revealed word and through his spirit within us. But the point, you friends, is being careful to ask the question, what is it you want? Because I'm all in. It matters how we live. May we be careful and wise and understand what the Lord's will is. Let that characterize who we are as a church. Thank you, God, for Ephesians 5 and 4 and the Greek word peripateo. We bless your name. We long to be your people. Convict us, God, walking out of here today about how careful and wise you long for our journey to be. May that verse change our lives. We will be your people by your grace, led and empowered by your spirit for the transformation of our souls and the world. Ah, it's good news. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.